Today, we are beginning a new series that will take us right up to Easter. And it's called Our Church Culture. And in this series, we're going to be talking about the scriptural values that we hold dear, that we hold as most valuable, most precious, those things that are worth fighting for. And I can't stand up here and say that these seven things are unique to Impact Rock Church because they're not, and nor, nor should they be. They should not be unique to this church. But they should be valued by the body of Christ. They should be valued by the church. So we're going to talk about topics that, quite honestly, they're not rocket science. They're, they're not these deep spiritual truths, although I think that there's going to be deep spiritual truths that come out as a result, but we're going to talk about practical things. We're going to talk about love, generosity, presence, which in that topic of presence, we will talk about prayer and worship, discipleship, obedience to God, the Holy Spirit, which we've titled Power. And the exaltation of Jesus Christ in the title of salvation. These things are our church culture. And these things, we're going to, even though there's seven topics, we're going to unpack them in the next six weeks. So I encourage you guys to make it a priority to be here as often as you can. And if you can't be here, to, to watch it online on Facebook Live or to listen to the podcast. So there's a passage of scripture that I'm going to start with. Um, and I'm starting on the topic of love. Today, that's what begins this series, is the value of love. And there's a passage of Scripture that talks about the last days. And what just gives us a glimpse of what it'll look like in those last days. And something, when I was preparing for this message, it struck me hard. This passage talks about love five times. Five times, love is mentioned in 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5. So I'm going to read that to us now. You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days, there will be very difficult times. For people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and will hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. In regard to the last days, love is mentioned five times. Love of self. Love of money. Not loving good. Lovers of pleasure. And not lovers of God. There's a theme of love that, that runs through that passage I read, but it's just not the right kind of love. And I want you to know that the world right now is filled 
with these type of love, you know, these types of love that I just read off. And it's a self-focused type of love. It's a self-centered type of love. It's a selfish type of love. A type of love that elevates oneself above all else is a selfish type of love. A type of love that elevates oneself above God is a selfish type of love. The first value listed in our series, our church culture, is love. But this love that we hold so dear, this love that we feel is worth fighting for, is a selfless kind of love. Will you love God more than yourself? Are we willing to make personal sacrifices for him? Will we prefer Jesus above self? 2 Corinthians 13 is, is known as the love chapter in the Bible. But it's kind of, there's times I don't think it's treated with the proper amount of respect. Because it's not just some pithy thing that's meant to be read at weddings or, or read on Valentine's Day or, or thrown into a Hallmark card. If we read 1 Corinthians 13 and we read about love, we are reading about Jesus. We are reading about sacrifice. In verse 4, it says, love is patient, love is kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. Love does not demand its own way. Love is not irritable. And love keeps no record of being wronged. Love does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. The first value listed in this, in this series, in, in our church culture, is love. Selfless love. Enduring love. Tenacious love. Forgiving love. Faithful love. Thoughtful love. It is a love that is bigger than you and it is impossible for you to generate on your own. It's a love that's daunting in scope. But the good news is you can't generate this on your own and that is good news. Because if you could generate it on your own, then the message that, my, my message behind the message here would be try harder, work harder, Try harder and harder and harder. Do more and more and more. Be better, be better, be better. You can do it. Well, Mark, I've done it. Well, do it again. Do it again. Do it again. And that is not the message. See, this kind of love is only found through Jesus Christ. This type of love is only revealed through the power of the Holy Spirit who Jesus promised would guide us into all truth. Selfish love Selfish love is never world-changing. It's never world-improving. It's not relationship-building love, and it's not God-honoring love. However, selfless love 
is a world changer. Selfless love is a relationship-thriving love. Selfless love loves God more than oneself, and it opens up a treasure chest of blessing to those who will receive this type of love and then flow in this type of love. So maybe y'all have picked up on this since January. But if you haven't, I just, I owe it to you to point this out to you. If you haven't picked up on this, I, I just, I'm prefacing this. I, I need you to grab a hold of this. I need you to catch it. So I'm just going to gently just lob it out there to you so that you can grab a hold. Since January, God's been very redundant in what he has been speaking. He's been very repetitive in what he has been speaking. He's been very intentional about what he has been speaking. The past four messages that I've preached at Impact Rock, plus the last message that we heard preached by Jody Romero last week, all had the same scriptures of love. Now, you might be thinking, well, Mark, if you, <laughs> if you preach the messages on love, wouldn't it kind of part of your planning? It, fair enough. You know, yes, you know, it was. But there were times I wanted to remove that. I'm like, I don't want to be redundant. The point's been made. And the Holy Spirit just wouldn't let me shake it. He's like, no, no, include it. They need to grab this. They need to catch this. Then when Jody spoke last week, I had no idea what Jody was using. I didn't see his notes. I didn't see what scriptures he was using. And then all of a sudden he starts breaking out Matthew 28, Matthew 22. I had to laugh. I'm like, okay, Lord, we're, we're listening. You have our attention. Matthew 28, 16 through 20 says this. Then the 11 disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him. But some of them doubted. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. This passage I just read is known as what? The Great Commission. The Great Commissioning. The great set of commandments and instructions for us to go out and to grow his church. I tell you, at the very end of this, it says, be convinced of this. I am with you always. I'm telling you, a love that cannot, cannot be shaken is the kind of love that we should cling to. A kind of love that no matter how bad we mess up, no matter what our worst day looks like, no matter what bit of unfaithfulness we have, he says, I'm not letting go. I will never leave you. I will never run out on you. When you're at your worst, I'm still going to be at my best. My love for you is still going to be at the fullest. That is a message of good news. That is a message that the world needs to hear because that is a message that doesn't have to do with our work ethic or faithfulness or ability to be good or ability to keep rules or color in the lines or any of that. That's a message of the goodness of God. Matthew twenty-two thirty-six. Jesus was asked, Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Jesus replied, You must love 
the Lord your God with all your heart and love him with all your soul and love him with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment and a second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. How do we love God with everything? How do we love him with everything? You know, Jody preached on this last week. He, he, he preached on loving God with everything. He said that we're to love God with our time. He asked us these questions. Is God a priority in your day? Is coming to church on Sunday optional for you, or is that a priority? And then he said, is taking a day of rest, a Sabbath, is that optional for you, or do you trust God in that because he said to do it, so you're going to do it. Matthew 22, 37 says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, your strength, your everything. It's impossible to fulfill that, to do that, and not love and honor and prioritize God with our time. And, and here's the thing, guys. I'm not talking about four hours of prayer. And three and a half hours of time in the Word. And 2.3 hours of being out in the community doing good works. And finding seven old ladies to help cross the street. Helping old men is worth half a point. It's, it's not about... It's not about giving him the most numerical time in the day. It's about giving him honor in the day and saying, Lord, I give, I give attention to you. Lord, I give time to you. I give affection to you. Lord, you are good and you are faithful and I need you today. Jody talked about treasure. How do we love God with everything? We have to love him with our treasure. Then he said, are you loving God with your money? He read Matthew 6, 21, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. He said that we're to love the Lord with our talents. And he said, does God get your best or does he get your leftovers? So this is interesting to me. And it depends on what we value. And I think this applies to probably all of us, some more than others. But I'm telling you, I, I value people. I do. I value people. I value my friendships. I value brotherhood. I, I, I value just a good sit with a brother. I do. I value people. And for me to love the Lord in everything, to love the Lord in my relationships, then, then I just make him available in the midst of that situation. I don't have an agenda. Man, any opportunity to praise God or to point someone to Jesus or to say, hey, you know, th this is going on, but man, I know God's going to see me through. I take it. Why? Because that is loving God with everything. That is loving God with those friendships, with those people that God has blessed me with, and people are a blessing. Matthew 6.33, we're told to seek the kingdom of God above all else. And live righteously, and he will give you everything you need 
you might know that, I seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. There's a word for loving God with everything. Do you know that? There's a word for that. There's a word for loving God with your time and your treasure and your talents. There's a word for loving God with everything. And it's generosity. And that's our second value. And this is the point you should be incredibly impressed because now we are knocking out two subjects in one week. Woohoo! And notes had to get trimmed to get to this point. Loving God with everything is generosity. And that's how we're called to love Him. If there's anything that we withhold from God, that's an area of our life we are not generous with God, and that's an area of our life that God can't bless. And, and I'll tell you, the most common areas that we withhold from God are the ugly areas, the burnt-up areas, the painful areas, the hurt areas. Those are the things that we, we sometimes we're like, no, 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 I, I'm not going to give that to the Lord, and we don't realize that's a lack of generosity. God's like, I want it all. You see, he's not scared by our junk. He's not scared by our trash. He's not scared by our, our hurts or our past or any of that. He says, bring it to me. I'm going to turn it into something good. Bring it to me. I'm not afraid of it. Bring it to me. I'm not going to look at you any different. Bring it to me. Be generous with those things. And I'm going to look at you with the same abundance of love that I look at you when, when you bring me your best. The dictionary defines generosity as the quality or fact of being kind or generous, plentiful or large. And that's what we're supposed to be with the Lord. And that's what we're supposed to be for the Lord, with one another. You guys, have we been burned in, anybody been burned in friendship before? Anybody been stabbed in the back? Okay. That's not, that's not an excuse to now not be generous with our friendship. That's not an excuse to be, to be tight-fisted with our friendship because we've been burnt, because we've been stabbed, because we've been betrayed. Do you know who else was betrayed? Jesus. And what's crazy is Jesus knew that when he was assigning 12 people, when he was calling 12 people to be his disciples and to follow him, he knew that one's going to betray me and I'm still going to love him. Getting hurt is not justification for not being generous with our love or our life or our friendship. Generosity is loving God with everything. Mind, body, soul, strength, emotion, will, time, talents, treasure, resources, relationships, everything. And I want to make this point once again. This is found only by the power of the Holy Spirit. You can't generate this. I can't generate this. I can't be that loving on my own. You can't be that generous on your own. Self will get in the way. Fear will get in the way. Selfishness will get in the way. Self-focused, self-centered, self-whatever 
It'll get in the way. But it's, it's to be found in Christ Jesus, revealed by the power of the Holy Spirit. So I want to talk about the Holy Spirit just for a brief second, because I, I think a lot of people don't, don't really get this. I, I hear probably a question that we probably hear the most is, how can I know God's will for my life? I want to know God's will for my life. What does God want from me? So let me just give you like 101, like faith 101. There's, there's two types of the revealing of God's will. There's general and there's specific. And general applies to every single one of us. And it's found right here. You open this up and you spend time with the Lord and you let the Holy Spirit unpack the truth contained in Scripture. This is the general will of God for your life, for my life, for every single one of us. I'm pointing. I know it's rude to point, but you know. <laughs> for all of us, his will is to be found right here, the general will of God. Lord, am I supposed to forgive that person that hurt me? Yeah, yeah, it's, remember we went over this. It's, it's right here. This is my will that you forgive because if you don't forgive, it'll bind you up. It'll make you hardened. And that's not my will for you. My, my will for you is to, to walk in freedom. And I know you got hurt. So my will is to heal you. And if you'll forgive just as I've forgiven you, you'll experience a healing. So that's my will for you. And it's found right here in Scripture. We went over it together. It's his general will. And it applies to all of us. All of us. And then there's the specific will of God that he speaks specifically to us. Young people, you're not going to find in here who you're supposed to marry. It's not going to be found in 2 John chapter 12. Let me look at it real quick, make sure. <laughs> oh, that was 3 John 12. It's not found there. It's not found there. That's, that's found by by prayer and talking to the Lord and, and letting him speak to you. So let me let me kind of throw this out there because I think this is one that we miss pretty pretty bad. We're like, well, I don't know. And I'm not trying to be general. I'm not trying. I mean, I, I guess I am trying to be general. I am. I am. Because there's truth in it. You're like, I, I have a hard time hearing from God. Man, 99 times out of 100, I bet you the problem is you're not spending any time in the word. And then when the Lord says, whoa, 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 whoa. Back up. Read that again. Read it again. You miss something. And we're like, what? What? And see, that's the Holy Spirit speaking, right? And we go, okay, I'm going to, in faith, I'm going to step back. And you read it. And then he highlights something. He's like, here, check this out. Boom, 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 right here. We're like, oh my gosh, how did I miss that? And the Holy Spirit's like, you're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you for going back. And that's how we learn to hear the voice of the Lord. That's how we... Jesus raved about the Holy Spirit and said, he will guide you into all truth. It is better that I go away. It is better that I go away so the Father can send the Holy Spirit who will guide you into all truth. See, what we try and do is we try and skip past go. And we try and collect the $200. I'm referencing Monopoly. I don't know if y'all still play Monopoly, young people or not. All right. Sorry, it's my example. We, we try and go straight and hearing from the Holy Spirit. 
without spending time in his word, hearing what the Holy Spirit truly sounds like. And then we try and go straight to, Lord, speak to me, Lord, let me know. But we've ignored his voice for so long when he's like, spend time with me. Get in my word. I've got some cool things to unpack you, some things that are, you know, that, that are going to really bring truth. See, my wife could call me from any phone number, an unknown phone number. She'll show up on my phone, I don't know the phone number, or she could call from any of your phone numbers, and your name will pop up, and then all I have to hear is one word, and I know it's my wife. More than likely, it's two words. Hey, babe. Kara's voice. She can call from any of your phones. She says one word, makes one syllable. I know Kara is calling me. And we're supposed to have that same recognition with the Holy Spirit. But I'm, friends, if we're not spending any time in his word, if we're not prioritizing time with him and being generous with our time, then when he's got something to speak that is specific to us, outside of the general will, but he's like, I've got a specific word for you that I want to speak a lot of times we miss it and then we get mad and then we get mad at God and we say, God doesn't speak to me. He's like, I do because I'm the same yesterday, today, forever. I do not change. I am speaking to you. You just don't recognize my voice. And, and again, guys, that might, that might blow your mind, but that's not, that's not rocket science. That is, that is Jesus 101. God's general will for your life is to demonstrate selfless love through Him by His power, by His strength. To look like Him, to sound like Him. We're supposed to be a daddy's boy. We're supposed to be a daddy's girl. We're supposed to be able to walk into a room and someone goes, close to that person because there's just something really cool about that person. They might not even know what it is. They might just think it's charisma. Or they might just think it's kindness. But what they don't realize is it's the wooing, the drawing of the Father. He's using us as a light and a draw so we can point people to Jesus and love on people. We can love with a love that's not afraid. And that doesn't allow the hurts to take us out of the game. To love people to love that's beyond us. Katie, you're, you're so lovely. You have also such a wonderful smile. I always love seeing that big old smile of you. You're very lovely. But your love has a limit. It has a limit. And it'll run out. But God wants to do such a work in you where that it's just this continuous pouring and inpouring and you're filled up and you pour out and you're filled up and you pour out because his love never runs out. God's general love, God's general will for our lives is to live generously and give generously. Probably the most famous of scriptures. We see the ball games. We hear it all the time. John 3.16 for God so 
loved the world that he did what? He gave. He gave what was most precious to him. He gave his only begotten son. I love that begotten thrown in there. Because I'm a son, but Jesus was his only begotten son. He gave. You guys, in giving the Lord a valuable spot of our mornings, of our day, it, it just primes the pump for us to be a conduit of his love all day long and to receive it in those really rough times when we need it the most. If you want a specific word from the Lord today, if you need to hear specifically from the Holy Spirit, what, what he thinks about you or what, what directional thing he has for you, he will speak to you. Get along with him. Ask. Knock. Ask, seek, knock. There's a scripture that is going to be included in many of, of these messages. And I'm going to close with this. And I feel like this passage just in, encapsulates all of our values. Some, maybe it spells it out, obviously others, maybe we've got to dig a little deeper. But Hebrews 10, 20 through 25 says this. By his death, Jesus opened a new and life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. And since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him. For our, our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean and our bodies have been washed with pure water. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. For God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Don't you love that scripture?